0: Barista Sustainability, by Liz Clayton, from Standart, Issue 7. Talk to anyone in coffee about what drew them to or kept them in the coffee business, and they'll all give you one big reason. The people. The coffee world's tight-knit global community of geeky, gregarious, and pleasure-minded people tends to create an infectious enthusiasm. And as specialty coffee has grown in popularity, it's made a coffee lover's world feel all the more welcoming. So, in an industry full of magnetic personalities and creative minds who stimulate one another, why is it so hard to keep great people in coffee-serving jobs? For most of us, this question starts at the cafe's entry level, specifically the role of the barista. Where you live, the entry level may be bar back or dishwasher, but in many more cities, baristas do it all. The frontline soldiers, the ambassadors, and the showpersons of the craft of brewing are the workers who give many people their first meaningful experiences with great coffee. And as the number of good, even terrific, coffee shops grows by leaps and bounds around the globe, many people higher up the chain thrill to the sounds of more cash registers, or square slash swipes ringing in profits. But for an industry to sustain growth, the fact that the largest part of its workforce, the bottom of the retail pyramid, doesn't have a sustainable job, requires scrutiny. Adding value to the barista job. Looking at the traditional career paths in most companies that operate cafes and roast coffee, we have to admit the funnel narrows very sharply, as square mile coffee roasters James Hoffman put it so well in a blog post entitled Coffee is a Dead End Job, springing out of his Coffee Jobs podcast. When we restrict our imagined ladder out from behind the bar to include only a small range of jobs within these same coffee companies, indeed, the path up is limited. You can work as a barista until you're good enough to manage, to train others, to be the company educator, to perhaps become a quality control person or roaster, to one day living the fantasied life of traveling the world and buying green coffee, perhaps a bit more romanticized than reality merits. It's worth noting that green buying seems to be a particular aspiration that few can achieve in an industry which has held up some very compelling role models. Who hasn't envied the travels of Jeff Watts, or Aleko Shigonis or Tim Wendelboe jet-setting down to tinker on his own Colombian farm? The idea that this is a position at the top, just short of taking over the company, is understandable. But roles like this are not just limited. They're simply not for everyone. Some people want to be home with their families more of the year, or don't have the travel bug, or their Spanish is humiliating. Our industry says these people can have the desk jobs, or standing desk jobs, becoming owners and operators, and overseeing all the rest, which would be a lovely aspiration, too, if starting out in a company as a barista meant you were furnished with a little business acumen. Which takes us to the Hoffman argument. To make barista jobs sustainable and meaningful, we need to add value from the very beginning in ways that exceed teaching the basics of dosing and extraction. I think if we were smart, we'd start looking at coffee shops as a place to develop a bunch of skills, not just the minutiae of pulling espresso, says Hoffman. Basic financial modeling, or how to read a profit and loss statement, or the impact of staff costing on a business, or how to genuinely problem solve, he rattles off. It should be more, come and work for me at this coffee shop. You will learn not just the detail of how to make great coffee. You will not just learn how to pour nice pictures on top of milk. You will learn other stuff that is useful. Of course we first have to look past our own egos and acknowledge that not everyone may want a lifelong career in coffee. And that's not a bad thing. If the coffee world could offer enough transferable skills outside of itself, it could be both stronger within and less concerned about so-called retention and career sustainability as attractors because the jobs would be useful enough, across life, across all kinds of jobs, to simply draw of their own accord. Beyond adding enrichment and therefore more buy-in, to the business end of the coffee shop experience. Hoffman and others suggest we might take more cues from the restaurant world in terms of teaching good customer service as an invaluable, translatable life skill. I think generally hospitality businesses and restaurants do a better job of preparing people, says Hoffman. There's no job in which having great customer service skills isn't useful, in which having great empathy and understanding and being able to understand people and problem solve isn't valuable. Caroline Bell, co-owner of New York City's Café Grumpy, concurred. I still think waiting tables prepared me more for everything else in my life than any other job. Plus, she noted, for those who might be looking beyond their coffee job with sights elsewhere, you never really know who you might meet working behind the bar. Adding money to the barista job. One of the first places guilty-feeling café owners in first-world countries look to solve problems is the price of a cup of coffee. The panacea, oft hammered in by professional associations, is that we simply need to convince our customer base to pay more for the finished product. Then we'd be able to pay everyone on down, from barista to the coffee picker on the farm, a fairer wage. It sounds great, right? Just get every consumer on board with that four to five euro cup of pour-over coffee, and none of us have to change a damn thing about how we run our businesses. How nice. But what about the daily decisions that are made, often by people who may not have a great deal of business background? That influence cost of goods, cost of labor, renting that great space in a really cool part of town, and so on. What about how much coffee is simply wasted every day in a busy café? If you're looking at 30 to 40% wastage, you could get pretty close to having your cost of goods by eliminating that wastage, says Charles Babinski, co-owner of Los Angeles Cafes g and and Go Get Em Tiger. So if you want to talk about the sustainability of what we're doing, the idea that it starts with charging more for the cup of coffee given the fact that we are shitting our pants on this other stuff, is not sensible. That is marketing motivated. Selling the idea that we can just increase revenue as customers worldwide become more sophisticated and discerning is, indeed, a persuasive siren song. But what if revenue in the cafe were less glamorously tied to increasing worker efficiency, reducing waste, and encouraging all players to take more responsibility for these things as a team? Hoffman suspects getting workers more directly involved in tracking café waste could be a good way to both ameliorate said waste while engaging them more directly in their impact on a shop's bottom line. He proposes waste tracking systems be implemented in cafés, just to get baristas acquainted with the direct effects of how their practices result in more, or less, coffee waste. And he suspects, for most baristas, the process would incentivize itself. There's a reason most apps are gamified, he says. It really pokes a button in the human brain. And in countries whose base salaries, or social services, provide a much better life cushion for baristas than others, it's worth pointing out that wages alone may play far less of a role than in other places. You have to pay them a sustainable salary so they're able to live a decent life, but also try to stimulate them in other kinds of areas, says cafe roastery owner and former world barista champion Tim Wendelboe. Wendelbo is based in Oslo, Norway, where a barista can earn enough money to rent an apartment on their own. Such isn't the case for most baristas in, say, New York City or Bogota. I don't think money is the only way, says Wendelbo. You've got to keep them stimulated and make sure they learn. It doesn't have to be only learning how to roast coffee, he says. Learning how to handle their jobs better could be enough. Service can always improve. It can also be delegation and trying to find better systems with each other. Market Lane Coffee co-owner Fleur Studd has found similar results at her set of cafes in Melbourne. There are different things which keep individuals satisfied at work, she says. For example, professional and educational development, wage, flexible working conditions, team dynamics, and flexible leave options. We've found that for each employee, one or two of these points are extremely important, says Studd, noting that for many staff, their priorities tend to change over time. For the employer to be attuned and flexible to both the initial and ongoing needs of staff, as part of their contribution of worth to the barista role, far beyond wages and tips. Expanding our idea of the career. So what if we step off the established trail of barista to trainer to green buyer or cafe owner and looked at coffee jobs more broadly in a different and more comprehensive way? Specialty coffee is large enough now that coffee companies rely on a diverse range of specialized people, from the production floor to sales to the marketing department to even, gasp, human resources, to keep a business running smoothly. And as the ragtag group of stubborn entrepreneurs many coffee people are, of course, it can be humbling to admit that not everyone in a coffee business has to know about or care about great coffee, or that just because your resident barista champion wants to spearhead an entire new department, well, it doesn't mean that they necessarily should, but it might also be a great way to spin a career that began behind the bar into something that far outlasts the job's introductory tasks. Baristas who care about their jobs And who do want long-term roles in the cafe industry can also play a part in identifying other positions into which they could translate their passion for coffee there are opportunities arising everywhere as the industry continues to grow says 2009 world barista champion Willem davis whose very role as a barista trainer inarguably hints at the promise of coffee as a long-term career i like the idea that baristas could operate as entrepreneurs within the structure of existing companies he says From creating programs within the companies to engineering better brewing methods to simply contributing new ideas, collaboration is a good avenue to follow using networks within and outside coffee. Does the job really have to be sustainable anyway? The last way we can look at this question is to challenge whether it really needs to be a question. Realistically, you've got people for two years, one cafe owner told me candidly, not particularly shaken up by the idea. Depending on where you live and what social services are available, working as a barista may be more of a short-term job than a long-term one, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Finding a balance between those baristas whose ships are just passing through and those who'd like to stay in the long term is part of the balance. Traditionally, hospitality work is transient and convenient for students and young people, and we think that is okay too, so we don't expect that everyone will want to make a career in coffee, said Stud. But we like to think that we can open opportunities for those who do. For many, the rewards of being in the coffee industry at the barista level are immediate rather than long-term. They join a cafe-sized network of like-minded individuals passionate about beverages and, ideally, service. And they also become part of a contemporary landscape of food appreciation. Baristas enjoy a position of respect in their greater local community of food and drink professionals whose perks can make up an enjoyable lifestyle and identity. You're in your mid-twenties, you don't know what you want to do, you want to be part of a culture that is positive, supportive of each other, and where people are learning. And all of those things are definitely true about the specialty coffee industry," said Babinski. And whether one's time in that culture lasts a couple years or decades is really up to the individual, suggests Wendell Bo. I think a lot of people expect the industry to give back to you, but for me, it's never been that easy. It's setting goals and trying to work hard for those goals and trying to achieve those goals and trying to be at the right places to pursue the career that you want, he continues. You've got to speak up and talk to your bosses or people in the industry and see if there's opportunity for you to pursue those goals, Wendell Bo continues, adding, I've never expected anybody to give stuff back to me. If I've wanted something, I've tried to achieve it by working hard and working smart for it. And maybe that's another way to frame the problem. If it's on the barista to figure out their goals, perhaps it's not on the cafe owner or industry to furnish those goals, but to support them in whatever ways they can first and foremost, by staying attuned and being fair, and then offering whatever else they feel is within their company's particular style or objective. The rest, well, if they want to rise to whatever their personal top is, it's up to the barista to work as smartly as they can.